0: Praise God. So good to see you on Sunday night. Good to welcome our online uh, campus. And uh, God is good. Amen. Can you say God is good? Hallelujah. 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 We're in our Death Defeated series. And I want to preach to you from a little different twist Because when we think of death being defeated, our minds go to immediately Sunday morning when the resurrection took place. But I want to show you maybe a little different thought process. That maybe there were some things defeated before death finally was defeated. That Jesus had to fight. Listen, he knew all along. What he was about to face. The whole week. We call this Holy Week. Starting today. With the triumphal entry. And that's where I'm taking you. To Mark chapter 11. The triumphal entry into into Jerusalem. And uh, the whole week he knows where he's headed. And he's having to defeat the mental aspect of death before he endures all of the the physical aspect and even spiritual aspect. Listen, when he was being tormented, it was body, soul, and spirit. But I'm telling you, sometimes there is, and I was praying about this and just thinking over this, and the Holy Spirit just uh, reminded me that Jesus probably dealt with things because he knew what lay ahead of him. He knew what he was going to do. He knew where he was headed. And so probably all week long he's thinking of this and there was the mental aspect where he had to defeat some things. No, I'm not going to get off course. No, I'm not changing courses. I'm not going to vacillate. I'm not going to swerve to the left or right. I'm going to stay on a straight line. I'm going to accomplish the will of my Father. He had to defeat death before he faced physical death. And I want to look at, because I, I, I love the chart that Pastor Jordan gave us uh, this morning. Everybody should have a copy of this. If you weren't here, you need to get this because it shows day by day, starting today, on the triumphal entry, what took place. And uh, not every year, does Passover come together on the same weekend as Resurrection Sunday, the true Jewish Passover? And I think it's only once every seven years that it does. It's happening this week. So that you've got the true Passover. You might want to put some blood on your... No. (laughs) You want to cover your family with the blood. And I, I do put... We've got red strings if you'll notice the doorways coming in and uh, representing the blood. If you go to our home, you're going to notice that every doorway has a red string. But on the front door, we've got a sign that says the blood of Jesus representing, celebrating, you know, Passover because the blood made the difference. The blood made the difference. Amen. angel of death couldn't get in to where the blood was. Stay covered with the blood. That's a good message. Well, we better jump in here to Mark chapter 11. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethnage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, both of these are communities located on the backside of the Mount of Olives. Go with us next March to Israel And we're putting on a a big trip next March and we'll take you there. It's, It's an incredible, that Mount of Olives that Pastor Jordan spoke about. He sendeth forth two of his disciples and he said to them, go your way into the village over against you and as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied whereon never a man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, What do you this? Say, the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met. And they loosed him. And certain of them that stood and said unto him, What do ye, loosing the colt? And they said unto him, Even as Jesus hath commanded, and they let him go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him. And he sat upon him, and many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went forth before and they that followed cried, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. I, how could we hardly leave the, the start of Holy Week with the triumphal entry taking place on this day 2,000 years ago, roughly? I want us to lift our hands, and I want you to wave your palm branches right now. Everybody's got two palm branches. God, put them on your body. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God a a wave offering right now. Amen. Hosanna. Hosanna. In the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I was reading this morning before I came to church doing my devotions at home early this morning. And I was reading in Leviticus about the wave offering that the priest took the sacrifice of the trespass offering, and he would wave it before the Lord. I'm telling you, it, it is a proper thing. It's a good thing. Sometimes we need to just break out of the shell that we get in, and we need to just, uh, we need to just follow the Scripture a little more closely and wave some things before the Lord. I'm telling you, if God's been good to you, uh, take one of those palm branches right now that God put on your body and give him some praise with it right now. Come on. Come on. Amen. Some of you may want to use two of your palm branches, but wave them unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. This passage in Mark chapter 11, now if you look at it, the four gospels spend significant time with the triumphal entry forward. Jesus actually does a lot of teaching. He's not hunkering down in a cave somewhere. He's not hiding away with some of his disciples, but he's spending time teaching. If you knew that people were going to take your life this coming weekend, there'd probably be a lot of thoughtful things going on. How do I handle this? What do I need to be doing? How do I need to be preparing? Jesus spends this entire week until the the night of the Garden of Gethsemane when he's taken captive. He is teaching. He is instructing his disciples, laying out some things, even teaching end time events. It's amazing to look at from the, the triumphal entry to the crucifixion What Jesus is doing. Because we all would react in different ways. And I I like reading Mark chapter 11 and the other gospels also. Where they they emphasize what Jesus is doing. And he makes his way to Jerusalem. Uh, he, He comes into Jerusalem with great recognition. Honor and praise. He has the honor of a conquering Roman officer this is what people wanted this is what they were looking for a military leader even on Pentecost 50 days after Resurrection Sunday they're still they're still looking the disciples are still at this time will you uh, take away the the Roman governance over us will you deliver us no he said those are in God's times and seasons you know, we want to we want to push things in our time. It's better if you wait on God. Woo! I've watched people get uh, get in a knot and uh, tie themselves up over trying to push things. And you need to let God work some things out. Amen. And be in God's timing. And Jesus was very clearly in God's timing. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have an armed cavalry. He wasn't even on a stallion. He's on a donkey. The battlefield would be in the hearts and the minds of the people. Jesus already knew what the week would demand of him. It was the week of his passion, as it is called. He would be true to the purpose and mission, to the even the up, emotional upheaval. Can you imagine how, what that was like? The emotional upheaval of knowing that he's going to take upon himself the sins of the world the spotless Lamb of God he who knew no sin was tempted in all points like as we are but yet without sin and he's going to embrace the sins and the sicknesses Isaiah says concerning the Messiah concerning the suffering christ his visage was marred more than any man and jesus knows this and yet he doesn't swerve off cause or course he plods right on towards what fulfilling the will of god would look like i'm telling you he's dealing with death already all week long he's thinking about this but yet it doesn't deter him. There are things that the devil will throw up at every one of us. There are things that the devil will attack us with and friends, you've got to be like Christ. You've got to be able to know what God's called you to do. You've got to know your anointing. You've got to know your Savior. You've got to know the power of the Holy Ghost that lives within you because it kept Jesus tied to a mission all week long what inner conflict must have been going on but he unswervingly maintained composure in one of the most difficult times as he pressed forward to set in order to teach his disciples to spend time with them and with firm resolve he is headed towards the cross but you know what? Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for good. There's purpose behind everything we ever face in life. There was purpose behind everything that Jesus faced. And so he was defeating death all the way up to death. He was defeating the... The mental, the emotional, all that the devil would throw at him. That should help every one of us tonight. Because how many go through mental battles? How many go through emotional battles? I'm telling you, and I watch people that handle it well, and I watch people that don't handle it well. And, and Jesus handled all that was being thrown towards him. Because his purpose was you and me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah look at Jesus look at Jesus his purpose was you and me what an illustration for us today that Christ did not deviate he did not deviate from what the Father had planned now I like the teaching that he's giving that week all right Sunday's over the shouting Hosanna 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 it's over but now The first thing that he teaches, the week of his passion, is about the barren fig tree. Wow. Very important. Let's look at verse 12. Everybody look at Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, so on Monday, they were come from Bethany. He was hungry. Hey, Jesus got hungry. Amen. Amen. So all right to get hungry. <laughs> Amen. I'm thinking of something right now. <laughs> Amen. And seeing a fig tree, he goes up to that fig tree and there were no figs on that fig tree. It was barren. It should have had some figs. He found nothing but leaves. But The time of figs was not yet. Now, that throws some people, if you don't know a fig tree, there are also untimely figs that a fig tree will produce. A fig tree will produce, it has its regular time of bearing figs, but then it has what's called an untimely or a a pre-time where figs will be, when the leaves start coming out, you'll have some early figs. And Jesus saw the leaves, but he didn't see the early figs. The big harvest of figs was not yet, but he knew there should have been figs there. And Jesus was looking for figs. And what does he do? He came to that fig tree if he might happily find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said to, everybody look at, I want you to see this. Jesus answered and said unto, everybody say it. What was he talking to? The fig tree. Jesus answered the fig tree. He's talking to a tree. Jesus looked at a tree and he talked, he answered it. He didn't say them, it. Everybody say it one more time. It. He answered it. He spoke to what was not productive. He spoke to what was not producing fruit. He said, no man ever eat fruit of you hereafter, forever. Forever. Wow, I want you to know on the week of his passion, Jesus is looking for fruit. To me, that is a very important message if you believe in Christianity. If you believe in Holy Week, if you believe in Resurrection Sunday, I want you to know that the master tomorrow is going to be looking for figs. He's going to be looking you over are you just all leaves? Are you just all talk and nothing being produced? He's looking for figs. He's looking for fruit. He didn't he spoke to that fig tree, it no man ever eat off of you again. And what happened? What happened? Let's go. Let's go to the Word and find out what happened. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple. Well, I had it marked. But when, oh, when they found the fig tree, it was dried up from the root. This is verse 20. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, Behold the fig tree, which thou cursed, is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, those things shall come to pass. You know what he's doing? He's teaching. Now here it lists on Monday, he curses it. On Tuesday, they come back and see the the uh, the effects of what he spoke over that. And he teaches them, you'll have what you say. You can speak to a mountain. And that mountain's got to move. And I, I think that's so significant that the week of his passion, the week that Jesus is headed Towards the cross, he's defying death, and he kills a fig tree with his words. I, I want you to know there's some things that you need to, with your mouth, speak that the devil is doing. And, uh, and he, he saw an unproductive fig tree. That fig tree was all talk, all leaves, but no fruit. And I believe, friends, we need to learn a lesson as we move towards uh, Resurrection Sunday that the Lord is examining our lives, the Lord is looking us over, and we got to bear fruit. Pastor, how do I bear fruit this week? Well, you start really working on family and friends and uh, being a witness because when he called every one of us into the kingdom, he called us with a mission. And it's called the Great Commission. Amen? Amen. That is not a great question. And uh, I've watched for years, you know, we'll celebrate 45 years, uh, two weeks from today, of being on full-time ministry here at Evangel. 45 years. And I've watched people that live on mission. I've watched people, I've I've led a young man to the Lord this was uh, back, in the, back in the early 70s. And I led him to the Lord. And that young man is on the mission field today, one of the veteran missionaries of the Assemblies of God. But I can take you to the place that I led him down by a stream. And we knelt down there, and he received Christ as about a 16-year-old, long-haired, hippie-type And uh, he gave his life to Christ And now he's one of our veteran missionaries Serving the Lord Uh, I want you to know You gotta live on commission We have a great commission And if we're not fulfilling the great commission We're all Leaves Leaves My wife's gonna talk to me about that When I get home tonight (laughs) But I've got a fig tree in my backyard, and I've fertilized it two times already. And uh, about seven weeks ago, I fertilized it and I went out, I think Thursday afternoon after I came home from the church and threw some more fertilizer around the base of that fig tree. I want to see figs on there. I don't want it's already got some beautiful leaves coming out. and I want to see those early figs and I want to see the fig harvest. I I love figs. And uh, Jesus loved figs. Where did he call some of his disciples from? They were under the fig tree. (laughs) That's a good place to hang out. Figs are good. And they are very good for you. Uh, Anything you can find in the Bible, you might want to start enjoying Because it's there for a reason. It's not not just filling up, just putting verbiage there. Anything you find in that Bible is important. Every word is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Hallelujah, Jesus. He found no figs. And so he cursed it because he's looking for fruit. And every one of us, you've got to look for a way to bear fruit for Jesus. Amen. In the midst of everything you are going through, in the midst of everything that you face, you still got to bear fruit. Amen. Jesus did not get off a mission. Pastor, you just don't understand what I've been through. Listen, I know what Jesus was going through. He didn't get off mission. And he set the pattern for us. He was defying death every day by living on purpose. He was defying, he was defeating death because of the mental aspect of it that he knew what was coming. He's defeating it every day. It was death defeated before death ever occurred. And I'm telling you, the devil comes at our minds he comes to play games with our minds he comes to he comes to trip people up that's why this paul the apostle paul said let this mind be in you who was also in christ jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with god but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of sinful man and being found in fashion as a man He became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. I'm telling you, he he knew what was coming down, and he's just teaching. He's showing his disciples a miracle that you can speak to mountains. Wow, one of the greatest teachings that faith teachers use. I love this. I love this scripture. One of the greatest scriptures is how you can speak to mountains and they have to go and that's given on the Monday and Tuesday after Hosanna, Hosanna and just before he's put on the cross oh you know that's why it's always important to have the context of the scriptures to read before, read after, know what's happening historically. And we try to bring that to you because it means a lot to me that Jesus gave that teaching, a teaching that I read a lot. Have faith in God. I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have what? Soever he saith. Look at the verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Jesus gives two faith scriptures right there on the Tuesday before he's put on the cross. I want you to know he is the one that as they begin to persecute him, and take him in the garden on Thursday night as they begin to take, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set, I need my piano player, set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me hallelujah jesus i'm trying to stir up some faith in your heart and life i'm trying to stir up the things of god in your life we want to win our families to god we want to win this city to god jesus did not err from his mission and we cannot err from our mission We are to be missional people with a great commission. There's a lost world out there. And Jesus stayed on target to go to the cross, to bring it all together because Sunday was coming. Sunday was, I can't wait. (laughs) I love, I love Resurrection Sunday. But I just, I don't know, I was in my devotions Two weeks ago and just talking to the father and said teach me something from this teach me something from jesus what you had to go through the week of your passion and that's when the holy spirit dropped in my heart he was battling death not just in the garden with sweat as blood coming out blood coming out of his pores He was all week long there had to be a mental oppression a spiritual oppression and sometimes friends you can feel that spiritual oppression you you can feel the devil ramping up his attack i want you to know you've got to have a made-up mind i'm gonna walk hand in hand with the lord that i belong to jesus He's walked and trod this way before and he's going to help me. Hallelujah. When the battle gets tough, the tough get going. Hallelujah. He battled death. He defeated death all week long. Yes, it culminated in the physical death that took place. It culminated with that But I want you to know that even after he hung there and when they pronounced him dead on that cross, there was something happening that you and I could not see. Now we read about it. But I want you to know in the spirit realm, which is a very real realm, there was something taking place. He's going right into hell itself. Hallelujah. There may have been a physical body that was put in that grave and one of the two places when you go to with us next march to Israel we'll go to Gordon's Calvary and Pastor Choco called me the last time I was in that tomb he called me and and uh, he'll be here two weeks from today but uh I said, Choco. I said, "Can I call you back?" I'm I'm in the tomb right now. He said, "Well, come out of that tomb!" (laughs) Hallelujah! I don't even know where I was at. (laughs) I just know that, friends, the devil comes. He he hasn't changed his modus operandi down through the history of mankind I want the worship team to come amen he hasn't changed what he does and how he does it he's still the same devil from the garden of Eden to 2022 he's going to lie to you and you have a choice to believe the lie the Bible says in the last day a lot of Christians are going to believe lies I think How can you do it? You know what my dad told me one time? He said, watch this, Gary. If a person can believe a lie, they will believe a lie. you got to position yourself in such a way, no, I'll never believe a lie. I will never put up with it. I know too much of the truth. I have too much of the truth in me. I have the Word of God I feast on every day. Jeremiah said that word was found and it was a living joy to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got through one thing that he taught. I got got about nine pages of notes there. (laughs) But I don't know. There's just something about that fig tree that God wanted us to hear tonight. Amen. Because he wants to see fruit. And... I'm not a farmer, not even the son of a farmer, the son of a preacher. (laughs) But I know that God can help us produce fruit. He can help us produce much fruit. I want to be in that class of much fruit. Amen? I want my life to count. I know I've got to stand before him one day. Amen. Damien, we were on the Isle of Youth, which is a small island southwest of Cuba, just off the coast of Cuba. It's a part of Cuba, but it's where Castro imprisoned all of his prisoners. It was a Russian-made prison, and it's very eerie. I was preaching in an assembly of God church there, and communist officials seated on the front row listening to what I'm saying. I mean, they monitor what you say. And isn't it nice to be able to come in and preach uh, the Word of God? But they said, Pastor, after the service, we're going to show you something. And they took me down a hall, behind a curtain, down another hall, and we went in and we found a printing press that the church owned. And they were printing gospel tracts and passing them out. But that press was tucked away back in areas that you had to know to go there. And uh, at that time, we had a printing press just like it. It was an old A.B. Dick. I can't remember the numbers on it. It's been, I don't know, about 15 years ago. But uh, anyway. They were printing tracts because they were still in the oppression and in what they live in, they're still very missional. Why is the church of Cuba just expanding? You know, we, we talk about the persecution that we get. And I, I've been in a number of communist countries and places in our world, and I, I've seen oppression. And I want you to know, friends, There's believers all around the world that unswervingly they're living for Christ in very difficult times. Very difficult, but they've got a made up mind. And they're defeating death every day that they live because they believe the gospel. Our missionaries that go into these areas, they believe the gospel. They believe the gospel works, amen? I believe the gospel works right here in Jacksonville, Florida. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me. I felt like the Holy Spirit would have me present a little different thought process about our sermon series about Jesus because understanding the context of the whole week he still moves straight ahead accomplishing the will of God and it it may be challenging out there in the world you may have some tough times and things that you face I want you to know stay on task stay on mission don't give up what God's called the anointing upon your life. You have an anointing upon your life. Operate in that anointing. Jesus stayed on task on mission. And he, every day that he did, he was defeating death. He was staring death right in the face. And saying, now he, I would have got, I needed to get to the one on love where he teaches on love because we need to walk in love. Wow. Walk in love. There is no power, no authority, unless you walk in love. I'm telling you. God has not given us the spirit of fear. You're going to have fear, or you're going to have power, love, and a sound mind. Those go together, they're an inseparable cord. You can't have one of the three. Oh, I got power. You don't got power if you're not walking in love. You won't have a sound mind. They're inseparable. A threefold cord is not easily broken. I'm I'm trying to help you, church. I'm trying to help me. I want us to be on task this week. I want this to be the greatest week of the year for Evangel family. There's a lot of people that need to be reached for Christ this week. There's a lot of people that are not in church. That's the main thing. He went to this so that they could have welcome home next Sunday. And I need your help this week to invite people to be on mission as you go out into the world. Today is the Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But tomorrow, from mission. No man to eat after you any longer. Mountain move. Whatsoever we ask in faith and believe, we'll receive. Those are powerful teachings in the light of what he's facing. And I want us, what we need, what we need is more of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask every person in the sanctuary to pick up your belongings and move towards these altars and these aisles down front. And we're going to ask for a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit and ask God to fill us afresh and fill us anew. Come on. Come on. Move close. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands, and I want us to welcome the Holy Spirit right now. Come on, all across this sanctuary, watching online, I want you to welcome the Holy Spirit. Come on, welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome the sweet Spirit of God, the precious Spirit of God. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus said if your earthly dad will give you a fish how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost to those that ask so ask him father give me the Holy Spirit fresh and anew fill me afresh fill me anew come on we need fresh baptismal power we need the anointing of the Spirit of God hallelujah been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you need to start speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, singing in tongues right now. Come on, if you've never received the unfilling of the Holy Spirit, you need to open up. That river is trying to flow and you got to let it flow. This river must flow. Come on. The Holy Spirit comes alongside to anoint you, empower you, help you every person that's ever been baptized in the Holy Ghost you need to refresh that come on, just start praying in the spirit right now come on, worship in the spirit we need power this week we need power this week Hallelujah. We need power this week. We need power. Hallelujah. These signs shall follow them that believe. We'll do greater things, Jesus said, but it's only through the power of the Holy Ghost. You got to come on, everyone. Come on, just pray in tongues right now. All across this sanctuary, everybody online. Come on. Come on, allow the Spirit of God to just move inside of you. You have the same Spirit, the Bible, Romans says, that Jesus had. He was empowered by the Spirit everyone look look here look at pastor I just want to share one quick thing about the Holy Spirit Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit right right without measure and miracles were done and he sent back the Holy Spirit to infill us What helped him that week of the most difficult time? The most difficult time. He had the fullness of the Spirit. And that is something that's available to each one of us. I want to teach young people to walk in their anointing and fulfill their divine destiny. I want to teach moms and dads uh, uh, things that will help them in their daily lives. But I know that the greatest teacher is what? is who? the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit he'll teach you Jesus said teach you all things and we need more of the Holy Spirit not less I'm trying to help us all want to be a better businessman want to be a better parent want to be a better uh, student in college it's all about the Holy Spirit Paul said, this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in you. Amen. That's why Jesus said, I go to the Father, but I'm sending you back a comforter that will be with you and he shall be in you. Hallelujah. 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 I want you one more time to lift your hands and just everybody, even this worship team. Come on, I need a worship team that's full of the Holy Ghost. I need a church family that's full of the Holy Ghost. I need an online campus that's full of the Holy Ghost, the Middleburg campus that's full of the Holy Ghost. We got a world to reach. We're going to sing one song and be this best, but I want to share something. This week, if you come up against a challenge, I want you to do something. And I told one of my adult children this I think it was this week. I said, if you got a challenge, just stop and pray and pray in the Spirit. And just ask God. God, help me to pray as I pray in the Spirit over this situation. And uh, that's good advice for Pastor. That's good advice for every one of us. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost, when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying at a whole. Listen. When you pray in the natural, you're praying at a certain level, and certainly God recognizes that. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying at a different dimension. You're praying at a different dimension. And uh, I I want you this week, when an opportunity arises, I I want you to just stop, bow your head. Holy Spirit, help me as I pray to pray over this and uh, just begin to pray in the spirit because you've committed that situation under the auspices of God and he's not going to let you pray amiss you're going to find a whole new revelation of anointing and the gifts operating and things happening when we start moving in the spirit I'm telling you Things go from natural to supernatural. Do you hear what I said? We operate in the natural, but when you bring in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. I got to stop. Amen. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, blessed Holy Spirit.